we're talking about our mind and these wars that are going on in our mind. Uh, Blake, you're going to have to run this for me, if you don't mind. Do you remember how when you have these thoughts, you're convinced things are going to go a certain way? If, if you remember the examples I used is you thought you were not going to get the job, you just had this horrible attitude, and the next thing you know, you did get it, or you start thinking the worst has happened to your wife or to your kids driving home, and sure enough, they find, you find them home just fine, and you've allowed your mind to go to, to kind of race, and we kind of think, have this saying, man, it's all in your head. You know, it's not reality. It's these things that you think up. It's this syndrome. Well, you know what? That's normal. It happens. We have battles in our minds. And in God's Word, He has built in instructions. He has given us instructions for recognizing and overcoming these things that come into our mind. Are, are you the type that when something happens or you think something's happening, you let you, all of a sudden the worst is your reality. And then you wind up, it's not quite so bad. But you let your mind go. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 says, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. Paul says we are living in these physical bodies in a material world. But at the same time, we are in a war. But not a war being fought physical or materially. But in a different realm. Verse 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. God has given us weapons. Because this war, you know, we sing this song, I'm in a fight, not physical. I'm in a war, but not with this world. I think that we easily sing the song and quote the verse, but we do not engage appropriately. We're out here swatting at flies when demons from hell are coming at us. You know what? Where is Miss Horton? Is Miss Horton here tonight? Tony? Tony's wife, she had a testimony to give, and I about forgot it. I don't see them here tonight. She'll give it next week. She has got just a wonderful testimony that was going to be given. It's funny how easily I can, it's in your head. It's not in your head. But we are fighting the wrong fight. We're fighting each other. We're fighting each other when that's not where the battle is. And we're losing. The weapons that we have are not physical but spiritual. God's given us spiritual weapons to destroy strongholds. In this war, there are strongholds that oppose us and oppose God. And, God, and Paul goes on in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 and says, For casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. All these things, all these things in this realm, in this spiritual realm are in the mind. Arguments, knowledge, taking thoughts captive. The battlefield is in the mind. Having pressures in your mind is not unnatural or abnormal. You're not weird. You're normal. We have thoughts. We're flesh and blood. We're not second rate because we're flesh. That's how we're created. But we are battling we sit here and battle in the flesh when the battle is in the spirit. We need to realize, and do you remember this? We talked about this just a little bit last week, that we have an enemy 
within me. Do you remember this scripture? Romans 8, 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity. Enmity. An enemy opposed or hostile against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither can it be, nor indeed can be. Do you remember, we can, we can have knowledge, you can be educated, but if you still have a carnal mind, you have a carnally educated mind that is still at war with God. You can even go to seminary, but if you have not given yourself over to the power of the Holy Spirit and over to Jesus Christ and His blood and to His gospel, you're just educating a carnal mind. Everybody with me? It's scary. Knowledge is not a bad thing. We've got to have a total and complete change. Second Corinthians, Paul talks about, uh, says that God has given us appropriate weapons. And there are many weapons for us to use in this war. And two of the most essential, and this is where I left off last week, is in prayer, is in prayer and God's word. I'm telling you, in worship tonight, I felt like strongholds were coming down. The word of the Lord was coming. Let me tell you, the word, I feel like we were having a little bit of both. We were having a little bit of prayer. We were having worship, and then the word of the Lord started to come. And let me tell you, strongholds will start to come down. But you know what? The word of the Lord can come, and you can miss it. We've got to receive it. We've got to grab hold of it. And we've got to walk in it. That's not enough for Bill to give it. That's the start. I think it was Bill had my eyes shut. Bill, yeah. Isn't it funny? The longer we worship together, the more we can know each other just by voice. The word of the Lord, that was the word of the Lord. Did it line up with Scripture? Yes. Does it address our time today? Yes. Matthew 4 4. Jesus says, man shall live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What do we live on? We live on that word that just came out. That we speak and we ask and we go take our city. Our city is not going to be taken with us sitting in here. The Lord says, I've equipped you. Now go take it. Go take it. Go speak it, go shout it, go do it. We've got to learn to think differently. We've got to learn to think in terms of God's word. We've got to reject lies from the devil which are doubt, discouragement, and fear. I guarantee you when I said you got to go out and you got to speak it, you're like, uh-uh, not me, that's you, not me. I, nobody wants to hear what I've got to say. That's from the pit of hell. You've got something to say. Has the Lord rescued you? The fact that you're here tonight, the Lord has done something for you. You've got something to say. A lot of ways that we reject these lies from the devil, this doubt, this discouragement, this fear, we do that in prayer. By using these two great weapons, the Word of God and prayer, by using those two, we will eventually begin to win the battle in our mind. In 2 Corinthians, it talks about strongholds. Another translation says, strongholds in your mind. 
What are those strongholds? I'm going to give you three. Number one is pride. The greatest of all strongholds, I believe, is pride. Self-serving, self-preserving, self-exalting pride. And you know, almost every nation, I would guess every nation in the world, has some type of national pride. But you know what? There's denominational pride. Some people will say, I know my denomination, so don't tell me anything that doesn't agree with my denomination, even if it's in the Bible. What? Let me tell you, anything man-made's got something wrong with it. That'll preach. Anything man-made has got something wrong with it. We are not God. We are not perfect. I don't care if you make the perfect product, there will be a fault in it somewhere. Buy the greatest car, it will break down. I've heard people say with your hard drives, you better back it up because it's not a question of if it'll break down, when. John just blow up on you this week? It happens. Let me give you a good word. Jesus saves. <laughs> oh, so we need to save. Click the <laughs> Sorry, that was a pretty cheesy joke right there. All right. But you know what? It, denominational pride is across the board. It is it is Baptists, Methodists, Pentecostals, Presbyterians. If you're going to hold on to Everything that's under a certain label, be it Protestant or Catholic or Presbyterian or Pentecostal, I believe you may have a stronghold in your mind. So pride, second comes prejudice. What does that mean? Having made up your mind, made your mind up before you hear the facts. It's narrow, it's arrogant, it's destructive. Have you ever had a conversation with someone that will not even hear you? They've already made up their mind. The third stronghold is preconception, thinking you know something when you don't, presuming to have a clear picture of something that you don't. We have all been there. And let me just warn you, if you've gotten a check already by me saying these three, you might have one of these going on in you. I can tell you in any given time, I battle with it. Think I know everything. Think I know all that there is to know. And then the Lord shows me, you don't. You don't know it all. I'm going to give you a word. The most important reason to face this fact is that these strongholds block the entrance of God's word into your life. Look at this in Psalm 119 verse 130. It says, the entrance of your words, capital your, God's words, gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Do you want light and understanding? Or do you want semi-darkness and ignorance and prejudice? The choice is yours. If you want light and understanding, you'll need to come against these fortresses in your own mind with what? With the word. The 
The most educated, most experienced man on the planet needs the word. What happens to the most educated, most experienced? Pride wants to get in. You think you know it all. Next thing you know, you're in the dark. Humble yourself and let the Word of God do its work in you. Let it change you. Let it adjust you. Let it remake you. Let it fashion you. You want to know something? If you're not in the Word, you know what you will experience? You will experience confusion. Are you having some confusion moments now? Not while I'm speaking. I hope you understand. But... (laughs) Put that, keep that scripture up if you don't mind, Blake. When confusion comes, get to the Word. The Word gives light and understanding. I believe the Word of God is so powerful that you may read scripture today and it may not apply exactly to your, your decision, but in obedience and being in His Word will He give light to you. I believe many times I read the Bible out of, out of fear, not out of being afraid, but out of the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I need wisdom, which means I need the fear of the Lord, which means I need to be in His Word to learn Him. He says, come, I'll teach you. I'll teach you the fear of the Lord. How does He teach us? By His Word. The law was given to us to teach us what was wrong. You can read in Romans, the law is good. The law is good. The law is perfect. We need to know the path of righteousness. How can we know right and wrong if we are walking in the dark? You've got to be in the Word. Anybody with me? You're confused about the decision you've got ahead of you? Get in the Word of God and start praying. Get in the Word of God and start praying. I promise you, you will get direction. I promise. That's not a, that's not a promise based on Paul Ramsey Jr. at all. It's a promise based on the character of God. You will get direction. The Lord says, if you come to me, I will answer. He says, if you call on me, I will answer. If you seek me, you will find me. We are all susceptible to these strongholds. We're in a spiritual war. God has given us the weapons for victory. Let me try to finish. Have you ever struggled with a time of depression? A deep, dark place that you start to slowly sink into and you don't realize you're there until you're already there? Sometimes even with prayer and fasting, you still struggle to get a release. And if you've ever come to the end of those breakthroughs and solutions, let me give you a scripture, and I've shared this scripture a lot, uh, Isaiah, Blake. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now, we're going to go into this just a little bit deeper, and I've only got five minutes, and I can do it. I've got five minutes to be ten minutes late. Isn't that a way a preacher would look at it? (laughs) Oh. At some point in your Christian walk, you need to realize that you are dealing with a spirit. 
you're dealing with a spirit. What do you mean? It's a personality that has studied you, that knows you, knows your weak spots, knows when to get you. You think Satan is dumb? He's not dumb. He is smart. He is smart. He is subtle. If you're not careful, he's believable. He'll even give you the word of God, but he'll pervert it. He is smart. He is smart. He knows your weakness, and he knows when to attack you. You're not dealing with a mental or uh, physiological condition merely in yourself. Now, it is. There are some issues, but I want you to know, whatever issue it is, God can handle it. I don't care how deep, I don't care what it is, I don't care if it's bipolar. Let me tell you, there has been a, a uh, spirit of healing over bipolar over our nation. I know for a fact, through the ministry of Bill Johnson, this, this wave passing through for bipolar. People think bipolar, you can't get free of it. Yeah, you can. Don't you know Jesus? Don't you know the Holy Spirit? Don't you know God's a healer? It's a spirit. This is, this is going to want to feel heavy. It is heavy. It's a spirit of heaviness. You're not dealing with a mere habit, a, a pattern of habit, but it's a person against you. It is Satan himself who is studying you and plotting your downfall. And you know what? Maybe even the pressures get worse when you start serving the Lord. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people come in and get on fire for the Lord and get completely beat down. Why? Because this spirit is against you pursuing the Lord. And if you don't fight with spiritual weapons, you're going to lose. The more dedicated and earnest you become, the more pressure is increased. You're dealing with a personality with understanding that knew just how and when to apply pressure. Recognize the identity of your enemy is a tremendous step forward. Let me give you a couple words. These are words that you're probably going to know. This first one, maybe not as much. But Joel chapter 2 verse 32. And it shall come to pass that whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Don't, don't overread this. Do you need deliverance? Call on the name of the Lord. Sorry, I looked at you, Robert. I don't think you need deliverance, but you just, you're just who I happen to look at. Like, I don't think I need deliver. Maybe I need deliver. You ever had the pastor and you just think they're just talking to you? You know what? The Lord's talking to you. We all need delivered. We all need delivered. We all need saved. Again and again, and again. Call on the name of the Lord, and you shall be delivered. And then if we go on to look at John three sixteen, which we all know, whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, Joel 2, 32 is a specifically word for deliverance. Then we put the two scriptures together, Isaiah 61, 3. Do you remember it? The garment of praise for his spirit of heaviness. And Joel 20, uh, 2, 32, and pray a specific prayer. We must name the spirit. It is a spirit of heaviness and claim God's promise. 
promise that whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. So let's put it into action right now and pray. Just close your eyes. It's going to be a one se- a ten second prayer. God, in the name of Jesus Christ, according to your word, I'm asking you to deliver us from the spirit of heaviness. Everybody say amen. In the name of Jesus, deliver us from this spirit of heaviness. Everybody say hallelujah. Now let me warn you. There's, there's one thing to be delivered. There's another thing to stay delivered. God does his part. We have to do our part. He will set your mind free right now in this place of any demonic pressure. But now it is up to us to re-educate our mind, to cultivate a totally different outlook and a way of thinking. Before you were delivered, you weren't able to do it. You had a carnal mind that was against God. I believe that we can even be saved and we can turn away and get hard and forget. I've done it more than once. As Joe McGee puts it, we go stupid. My life turned around when I got back in the Word. Son of a gun. God's Word is true. You want your life to turn around? I'll I'll give you. You don't have to have ten steps. Start with one step. Get in the Word. You want to change your life? Get in the Word. You want to change your marriage? You want to change your character? You want to change your ability? Turn to the Lord. Start, by, start with His Word. We've got to do our part. We've got to educate. We've got to cultivate a different outlook. After deliverance, it's our responsibility to do it. God's done His part in delivering you. But you've got to do your part in maintaining your deliverance. I believe this is true in almost any realm in which God intervenes on your behalf. Salvation, healing, deliverance. God does his part, then it's up to you to do your part. What's our part? Get in the word and try our best to follow it. And expect God to rescue us at every turn. Somebody got delivered tonight. Now, don't stop at that. This is just the start. You've now got a new start. It's not a new end. It's a new start. Go home and drive those demons off your property and then you've got to keep them off. You know, you can kill ants today and they'll be back tomorrow. Well, the Lord must not have helped me. He helped me yesterday. They were dead yesterday, but here they are today. No, let me tell you, demons, what does it say? A demon will flee. And if you don't take care of things, they'll come back worse than they, did, than they left. What does that mean? We got to fight. Put up your spiritual dukes and war. Quit putting up with Satan, Satan's activity. Don't put up with it. Don't put up with it battle it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, your word is strong. Your word is a two-edged sword, Lord, able to, able to give us understanding right away, able to separate between that flesh and the marrow, the bone and the marrow, 
able to separate between the flesh and the spirit. And Lord, it wins. There's no power on this earth stronger than your word. Thank you for your word. I thank you that you've given us your word. Lord, help us to walk out of here. And as Bill has said it, speak it. God moves by speaking. God moves by faith. Faith speaks. Faith works. Faith does. Just like a child getting on a bicycle and falls down, get on the bicycle, the spiritual bicycle, and fall down a couple times. The Lord's going to rescue you, and then you're going to learn to ride. Help us, Lord. Deliver us. I thank you for deliverance of the spirit of heaviness. Now, we just ask you, Lord, to help us to stay delivered by your word, by your power, by your spirit, says the Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.